Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Oh, where the outside is frightful, and highways so delightful. So since you have a place to go, come hang out with Matt Spectro. Hello everyone, and welcome to not only another episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse, but the official, the one we've been building to all month, the Christmas episode of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then, the true meaning of Christmas came through, and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches, plus two. I'm your host, Matt Spectro. As always, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime superhero fan. And you've reached the podcast exclusively comic book animation. We're going to get right into the Christmas and the superheroes and the comic books. Let me briefly explain the rules. Like I said, comic book animation, that's what we talk about every week. Rule number two, big fan of the uh, old team-up books, Brave and the Bold, Marvel team-up, Marvel 2-in-1. So this is a team-up podcast. Every week, me and a guest talking comic book animation. Rule number three, most important, we got to have fun. Without further ado, I'm going to bring out my guest. He is a musician, artist, podcaster, renaissance man. Welcome to the multiverse, Robbie Sherman. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Spectro. I appreciate it. Welcome to the Christmas episode. Yeah. I'm the least likeliest of people to be doing a Christmas episode, but I'm here and we're going to have a good time. I'm going to try to anyways. Well, I always start off every... We've been doing a month of Christmas episodes, even though this is the official Christmas episode. So I start off, I ask every guest, do you have a favorite Christmas film, Christmas special, Christmas episode of a television show? So I went through your Space Ghost episode, and I started up on the Teen Titans, the Teen Titans Go episode you have. And uh, I've been wondering what my favorite Christmas special is. Um the first community Christmas special is really good. In fact, all the community episodes that are Christmas specials are great, great, like, episodes in television. Like, oh, man, um, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. I'm not a person who's partial to songs, so that kind of, like, knocks a point off from it for me. But other than that, it's, like, perfect encapsulation of all those Rankin-Bass uh, Christmas specials. Um, I was also considering the Futurama Christmas specials with the, like, Evil Santa. The, the first one with John Goodman is really solid and uh, does a lot for Futurama later on in the series. Wait, you're a musician? Who Did you just say you, you don't normally like songs? I don't normally like show <laughs> tunes, and like okay. it frustrates me to have to like watch a whole episode of people almost nonstop singing. Um, and it's not like anything particularly against any actor or anything. Like I, when I listen to music, I I think about it as something separate from. I, I've never been into musicals for whatever reason. Like I I don't knock the people who make them. They work really hard at them. 
some of those things have intense, elaborate like orchestration and arrangements, and I'm not I'm not trying to put down the whole form, but something about it has never properly appealed to me the way my other musicians. I I try to avoid heavily musical episodes of things. I I don't know what it is. I'm not for sure why I'm not as propelled by musical storytelling as I am by just drier forms of storytelling. All right, so uh, we're going to celebrate Christmas with uh, Brave and the Bold. And uh, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, that uh, like myself, you're you're a big fan of the series Brave and the Bold. I dig it. It's so good. Um, I, that was the main reason why I wanted to do this, because I hadn't even really considered at all that we were doing a Christmas episode for a second until I looked the episode up. I just saw that, oh, man, this guy wants to talk Brave and the Bold. I'm going to do this immediately. <laughs> Brave and the Bold is probably the second or third best Batman animated adaptation. The first, of course, is the... The Bruce Tim Batman the Animated Series, and I even consider the WB season of that as, you know, the same. Like, it's all lumped together. It's so good. If there's a second, I kind of think it's that CGI, the Batman that came out, or I think that's what it was called. Beware the Batman. Beware the Batman, yeah. Like, that thing actually rules really hard for a kid's cartoon, you know? And um, it's got some really intense action scenes in it. And I like the guy who does the voice of Batman. I'm, I'm a big Batman fan. Like, it's hard for me to be objective about Batman sometimes because so much of it is so good. Um, the only Batman cartoon I haven't connected with is that, um, that one... It, it has a weird, like concave heads and i can't like the movie they made for that was him fighting dracula and that was like such an insane proposition to me like what is leading into that <laughs> i didn't watch that one <laughs> and i don't know maybe maybe i need to get back through i'm sure there was a lot of people who were working hard on it the alternative i like in that style that animation style where there's like really blocky heads and it's to make, like, the animation easier to process. But anyways, it's the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. I hope, uh, you know, sometime in the future we can get around to talking about that. Cause that's probably the best Spider-Man cartoon. Even even better than the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Like, And that, that one's a very excellent Spider-Man adaptation. Especially with the money they were working for and the problems behind the scenes. Now, it's weird you bring up Beware the Batman, because I haven't seen it. But it appears on a lot of top ten worst cartoons of all time. Oh, dude! I don't even. Yeah, think, I don't see. Lot, it. I don't. I've never seen it, but yeah, a lot of people hate it. See, I just don't think it's that bad. I just think <laughs> it's like an all right Batman story. It's got okay stuff going into it, and it's got at least a certain amount of edge to it compared to what a lot of stuff that was being released around it had. I, yeah. I think a lot, I think it gets a lot of like guilt because people just didn't tune in for it. Like it really had bad ratings. And I think that's always going to plague it no matter what. Cause it's probably, you know, when you're in a franchise, when you're doing an entry in a franchise such as Batman and you like tank that hard, it's going to be an issue no matter what with people. And they're always going to hold it over your head. I think there were a lot of people who did good work on that show. I, 
I, I really hope people will go back and check that out maybe once or twice. It's it had a good solid season. That's the best I could say for any you know television show. <laughs> I I really didn't feel it was any I feel like I'm missing the Batman show here. I don't think that would be my second, though I do like that one a lot. I think that one's fine. I've there's another Batman show I'm kind of missing. I don't know. It's probably this and Brave and the Bold and then that one, really. that that That's what the lineup should be. Well, I got to ask now, Batman Returns, a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie? Hell yes, it's a Christmas <laughs> movie. Like, oh, it's one of the best Christmas movies ever. I argue with my uh, wife when I put it on the list of Christmas movies every that's year to watch. It's a Christmas movie, baby. <laughs> it is. Get your map track on. That's what I said. <laughs> Before we get into uh, Christmas and the particular episode, we're going to. I'm not going to get into the full history of Brave and the Bold because I've done a few episodes talking about it, but uh, we're going to go a little brief history based on the comic book that originally started back in 1955. DC Comics, uh, lots of things happened. It wasn't always a team up book. A lot of times it featured new characters. First appearance of the Justice League was in Brave and the Bold, first appearance of Teen Titans. It uh, came a team-up book later, and uh, around issue 59 uh, is where it started becoming the Batman team-up book, even though they did some after that without Batman, but 59 on was pretty much Brave and the Bold, Batman, and somebody else, and that was the inspiration for the cartoon we're going to watch. Now, uh, I'm excited because this is the first time in the history of my show we're going to get to talk about the Red Tornado. He's never been talked about on any previous episode. I have never even talked about Red Tornado, and <laughs> and frankly, I have very little history with Red Tornado. And okay, I know he's in that Young Justice show, and maybe this is the only other iteration I know him from. Maybe he's in a Justice League episode or sh- or so. I, I can't remember. It's been too long since I went through it. He has shown up on Justice League, and. Uh... Like you had mentioned, uh, Brave and the Bold and Young Justice. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, I was right about Young Justice. Uh, I gotta go through the <laughs> the Justice League arcs again. Those are very good. Uh, a lot of Green Lantern in that, and that's a, strikes me right here. Green Lantern is a perennial fave. The Green Lantern movie they released this year, Beware My Power, that ruled. <laughs> really? You, I haven't seen that, but a lot that's another thing that a lot of people told me was terrible, but I haven't actually watched it yet. I was fine with it. I was, <laughs> I was okay with it. I, I don't know. I, I like a ton of things people hate. You know, I started, <laughs> I started my podcast out like talking about my own abashed love for a Ralph Bakshi film. So I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure I like a lot of things people hate. <laughs> as a kid, I had a kind of a soft spot for the Red Tornado, but I always saw him as a Vision knockoff. Uh, he always seemed like a B-grade version of Vision to me as a kid. His little tornado powers here are so weird. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just don't know how you could explain this beyond the idea of like a myth-making children's comic book. He shoots tornadoes out of his arm. He creates funnels with his arms. Like I, I, it's it's insane, really. But it's a cool, it's a cool visual idea. Like it makes a lot of sense when you put it on paper and you have the little swirls indicating where the tornadoes are. Well, the Red Tornado was created by uh, Dick Dillon and Gardner Fox. Him and the Vision. That to, to go over the similarities, they're both synthetic men. That started off kind of as bad guys who turned good guys. They both uh, have very convoluted origins. Um, they both made their first appearance in 1968 
Vision and Avengers 50, uh, 59, I believe. And uh, Red Tornado and Justice League of America 64. So they both made their first appearance in the same year. Some people have speculated that, you know, there were some... Uh, <laughs> So, some some moles between Marvel and DC that kind of <laughs> knew what was going on at the time. Let me uh, let me tell you something. Those names, Dick Dillon and Gardner Fox, born to write comic books. How do you not walk the earth without like being capable of creating great stories when you have those names? Like those names sound gigantic. Like that. <laughs> uh, I got legends. Yeah, I got to look these guys. I mean, I'm sure they're legends. Like, I, I can't keep all the comic book people in my head, like, <laughs> as the days go by. Uh, I got too much stuff going on. I mean, Gardner Fox was, like, essentially the Stan Lee of DC, like, oh, Silver, okay. especially in the okay. Silver Age. He he contributed to the creations of so many of their great was characters. Was he, like, a World War II vet, too? Like, one of these guys that was jumping out of planes? I believe so. He did start... Um, he started writing comics during the Golden Age, so yeah. uh, he's unfortunately no, him and Dick Dillon are unfortunately both uh, no longer with us. I, I imagine so, but I didn't want to say. Yeah, he's uh, he was born in 1911. Gardner Fox. It's estimated that he wrote more than 4,000 comic books. Oh wow! Oh, in his time, yeah. I feel so bad. Like um, I. I like to pretend I'm more of a comic book enthusiast than I am, but <laughs> I'm really better at keeping like animation names in my head. So like I've read through so many comic books, but I can never keep the names in my head the way I do with animators for some reason. The first comic he ever wrote, Detective Comics issue four. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a champ. Yeah, what unfortunately. A he he passed away Christmas Eve back in nineteen. 19- 86 unfortunately back to the uh the, the red tornado um but but him and vision both had convoluted origins where at one point red tornado thought he was the original red tornado ma huckle and vision thought he was his brain waves were based from simon williams uh the wonder man which and his body was the original human torch but they've retconned pretty much i think all of that at this point in time where none of that even exists anymore yeah, um, yeah, I'm but, sure it doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't. But it's it's much like the Doom Patrol X Men and Swamp Thing Man thing. There's always been a little suspicion that it's too much of a coincidence that Vision and Red Tornado came out almost <laughs> the exact same month in the exact same year. So we're gonna celebrate Christmas with Brave and the Bold. We're going back to December twelfth, two thousand and eight. Invasion of the Secret Santas. Now, uh, this aired on Cartoon Network. Uh, the show was developed by Michael Jelinek and James Tucker. This episode was written by Adam Beechin, directed by Brandon Vitti. Much like the comic book, Brave and the Bold, every episode was uh, Batman teaming up with someone, sometimes several heroes, but uh, not always. And uh, he is going to be teaming up with the Red Tornado. Batman, you should know by now, created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. Uh, he's voiced by the great Diedrich Bader, who uh, was in Napoleon Dynamite. He was in uh, the Drew Carey show. He actually voices Batman on the Harley Quinn cartoon. Yeah. We, me and my, my wife and my stepson, we watch 
uh, just the Christmas episodes of sitcoms going back from the 70s to now. Uh, we watched the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Christmas episode and Diedrich Bader was on there. I was, uh, I was <laughs> completely shocked. He has become like a weird comedy legend, hasn't he? <laughs> I didn't even realize it until recently. Like I was thinking like, oh yeah, he's been playing Batman on two different shows. He goes out and still does like improv. And yeah, yeah, he's a legend. I didn't even think about it until recently. Now, uh, the Red Tornado is voiced by uh, Corey Burton. He's a voice actor. He's done a lot. He was uh, in New Frontier, the animated movie. He was uh, Abin Sur and Ray Palmer. Oh, wow. Uh, he's currently working for Disney. He does the voice of uh, anytime they have uh, Dale from Chippendale. No uh, way. Oh, he's wow. The, <laughs> he's also the voice of uh, Captain Hook whenever uh, Captain Hook appears in anything. Very cool. Plus, he's done a whole bunch of other uh, Disney voice. Everything from Hercules to Futurama. Does he have any anime on his resume? I'd be interested in finding that out. I'm sure he does. Most people do. If he, he probably has some dubbing. And then uh, the character uh, Funhouse, H-A-U-S, not House, <laughs> who's on this, who is a, an original creation of the show, kind of. He's kind of a ripoff of the Toy Man. Yeah, I was thinking it was Toy Man at first. I hadn't seen this in a while. His costume is essentially the Toy Man from the Super Friends cartoon of the late 70s, early 80s. But he is technically an original creation of the show. And uh, he is voiced by a Gary Anthony Williams. He has a lot of regular acting credits on many shows, as well as many voice uh, credits. He actually also does the voice of Mongol on another Brave and the Bold episode. He was Uncle Ruckus on the Boondocks. <laughs> yeah, he was. But he's also done everything from, he's been on Rick and Morty, he's been on Black Dynamite, he's been on Family Guy, he's... he's Black, oh man, thank you for mentioning Black <laughs> Dynamite, such an underappreciated cartoon, I love that cartoon so much. I love the movie, I've been meaning to watch the, the cartoon, I haven't actually sat down and watched it. It's way more anime than that film, like, you could never imagine that film being, I think it's kind of better for it, actually. <laughs> so on that note me and Robbie we're going to take a little break and then we're going to celebrate the holidays with Batman the Red Tornado it's Invasion of the Secret Santas don't go anywhere we'll be right back fireplaces glowing icicles rolling hearts overflowing with cheer it's that wonderful season we all find so pleasing the Toys R Us time of year Always biggest toys, toys, toys are ours. The biggest selection, toys are ours. It's a toys are us time holidays with now that's what i call christmas 36 christmas wishes from some of your favorite artists come together on two cds to celebrate this joyous time of year with your paid order of now that's what i call christmas you'll also receive this embroidered velvet gift bag free a perfect gift for giving or for holding your christmas treasures Chestnuts roasting. Now that's what I call Christmas. 
36 timeless holiday classics on two CDs. Frost to order now, that's what I call Christmas. Call the number on your screen or send check or money order for $19.98 for two CDs plus $4.95 shipping and handling to the address shown. And with your paid order, you'll receive the Velvet Gift Bag free. Must be 18 or older to call. <laughs> Watch me trick Fred out of his pebbles. Santa! Merry Christmas! Got some fruity pebbles for old St. Nick? Sure! That's <laughs> been a good boy! Santa! <laughs> Merry Christmas, Fred and Barney! Barney! My pebbles! Careful, Fred! Santa's watching! <laughs> Happy holidays from Post Fruity and Cocoa Pebble Cereal! Part of this nutritious breakfast! Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast... And we are back. And if you just joined us, we watched Brave and the Bold, Invasion of the Secret Santas. That theme song is just killer, you gotta admit. Yeah, and that was one of the things that sold me on the cartoon initially. I avoided this one because I didn't actually like the look of it when it first came out. And I feel dumb now because actually that animation look is very... Uh, purposeful and it's very economic and it works a lot better for the show than it has any right to. This is the like same type of animation style they were given Scooby Doo and a bunch of other Hanna Barbera related properties and uh, around that time. And now that I've went through the show, like I realized the advertising materials didn't make the show look as good as it could have at its best. Well, um, I, uh, this is my favorite Batman cartoon ever. It's actually my top four favorite comic book animated films of all time. Oh, I mean, films, cartoons, I should say. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a good, like, adaptation because it captures, it takes the essence of what makes Batman a dramatic character seriously while also, like, <laughs> being very self-aware about how silly everything else around him is. <laughs> As always, the show opens with a little uh, little segment that doesn't have much to do with the uh, main episode. It's uh, Batman and the Blue Beetle fighting the Sportsmaster at a bowling Christmas bowling tournament. How did he get them in those pins? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. He puts everybody in giant bowling pins, but we never get to see how that happened. And the one guy, when he got slid into place, it was like he just suddenly realized he'd been put inside a giant bowling <laughs> pin. <laughs> I absolutely love the Sportsmaster. He's the most ridiculous character ever. <laughs> but I love that character. And he, I just started watching Stargirl. He shows up on that. And oh. he is awesome on Stargirl. Are you enjoying Joel McHale as uh, Starman? Well, he's only shown up on where I'm at in the show. He's only okay. appeared on one episode, so I won't say uh, I'm not sure what to think. Uh, he looks great. He looks like a superhero. Yeah, like, I don't. But he's barely shown up at this point, so I, I, I the verdict's out on Joe McHale on uh, Starman. Uh, God, I can't wait for that Community movie. Ugh, we're excited. The happy boy. And Batman tells the Sportsmaster he figured he'd find him in the gutter. Batman has a lot of great, great superhero quips in this one. 
I love, like, the quips they give him because it's one of the only times where Batman, like, really does have a sense of humor, but he can also, like, retain his dignity about him. I like how he, he says them with such conviction, so they don't even sound like he's trying to be funny. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After him, and they defeat him. Blue Beetle invites him to uh, Christmas, but uh, Batman says, Crime doesn't take a holiday, neither do I. And that ties into the rest of the episode, too. It's very <laughs> good writing. Very good writing. Crime did not take a holiday that night. We get a Christmas montage after that, and I, I think it's Gotham, but it seems off. Like, there's something not right. I'm not sure if this is actually Gotham they're in. Yeah, it feels weird, right? Yeah, it doesn't seem like as much of a, of a city. It seems like more of a big town. I don't think they're actually in Gotham. Yeah, yeah, like it was maybe more like thirty or forty thousand living in this little suburb they're picturing for most of the episode. Red Tornado is in his secret identity. He's uh, teaching archaeology at a university. Yeah, and that was fun, like watching him just totally put down that one student's <laughs> dreams of being like Indiana Jones. That was so great. <laughs> he leaves the classroom to save two children that are a runaway truck is about to run over. No, 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 we are not going to forget that he pulled off his human-shaped mask, <laughs> which was so horrifying to me when I thought about the ramifications. Like, I know it's a children's show, and they can just get away with that, and they never have to discuss it or acknowledge it, but it really weirded me out. Like, man, that's a crazy good mask. <laughs> People believe that. Once the, he saves them, uh, their father says that... Uh... His heroics has filled our family with the Christmas spirit. Yeah, Red Tornado is like, he doesn't know what Christmas spirit is. And they explain it to him. Uh, I, do you have it in your script? What the yeah, voice no, says? You can go ahead. We're right, right there. Okay. Um, I, I remember what the little boy says. It's something like, the, that's the feeling you get this season. Like, <laughs> this time of the year. You know, you just get that warm, tingling feeling in your inside. And that's what, like, sets him off. Because he wants to... He wants to have that warm, tingly Christmas feeling. And he says he's never had it. And then the little girl is like, of course you've never had it. You're just a robot. <laughs> and they all laugh, too. That's the best part when she says that. <laughs> oh, my God. I laugh so hard like when I watch that through because it's just so cruel and, like, inhumane and blunt in a way children can be and she can totally get away with it but then the brother and the like father laughing as well it's like ha 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 you stupid robot you don't have feelings you're not a human we don't respect you <laughs> that was okay <laughs> he's trying to learn about it at one point he's reading a book that's called get the holiday spirit by Stuart. Martha, <laughs> I, 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 this is how much of a nerd and a loser I am. I actually did a thorough search of the internet trying to find if such a book <laughs> actually exists. Probably. And it does not. It's just a play on Martha Stewart, obviously. So time well spent in my life. After reading it, he puts up Christmas lights. He decorates his house. He even puts on a Christmas sweater. It was kind of cute watching him, like, go through this little thing. Like, just kind of, like, the idea that he can immediately, like, create vacuums that decorate his whole house and all this other stuff, that seemed 
wild to me. And he also wasn't worried about any of the neighbors coming out and like witnessing this tornado displays. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> nope. Real casual. It's middle of the night. You just up at like two in the morning or something. <laughs> the uh, decorations with tornadoes. He says that uh there's still a variable missing. He can't quite figure it out. So he tries to sing Christmas carols. Um and he's like his voice is so ridiculous. It's like <laughs> dashing through. The, I can't even do it, but like dashing through the snow. <laughs> He's got like this terrible, and the door gets slammed in his face. And it's the same family that he helped out earlier. He just like <laughs> laughed at him. And it's like this big double smack in the face. Like, who are you? You're not even <laughs> like, like they're so weirded out by this random person who just shows up and it's a good character touch for red tornado because he doesn't understand that like strangers who laugh at you in public and that you've never talked to before except for that one time are not your friends or are not people you should try to like interact with or <laughs> something you know like he's just a robot and he doesn't have social cues so he automatically thinks like well i'll go to this family because they were kind to me earlier and they taught me about christmas so maybe i can show them that i have christmas spirit uh science fiction and superheroes t- they love the concept of a robot trying to understand human emotions <laughs> just love that story trope <laughs> It's a good thing to, like, introduce maybe younger viewers into that story trope, too, because there's not a lot of ickiness in the idea. He's so blank as a character, you know? He doesn't have, like, weird motivations in the way other characters do, you know? Like, you don't have to worry about him doing something, like, outlandish and creepy, but... He may stumble a couple of times trying to reach out to people for sure. <laughs> he sees a news report coming on that uh, downtown's being invaded by uh, flying saucers. Which just rules pretty hard. <laughs> Including a black and white message from the aliens saying that uh, they demand the one called Santa to give Neptune's children presents. And uh, this is clearly a. Uh, well, I mean, if you've ever seen it inspired by, uh, I think it's Santa Claus versus the Martians or something like that. I wanted to bring it up. I didn't know like who would do it first. I mean, I think that's the most <laughs> obvious comparison, which um, I've seen like parts of that movie because I just can't make myself sit through the whole damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like this is a pretty funny little takeoff on that. And it makes a lot of sense when you look at all the stylings of the the cartoon and the way they portray people and the clothing they wear. Like it feels very old fashioned. There's a a woman screaming in one of these invasions where that same woman appears throughout the episode screaming every time something. Yeah, it's excellent. It's awesome. (laughs) Um, How did you feel about the little like Batman battles with the, with the flying saucers that are taking over downtown. Uh, when like he's doing the tornadoes and Batman's got like the bat jet pack on and kicking. Yeah. The- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just tremendous. He even wishes uh, him a Merry Christmas, but Batman tells him it's not the time for Merry Christmas. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of moments where the animation is really outstanding. Like 
Batman grapples on to one of those things, and for a minute he's just like swinging around and killing these things while holding his batarangs <laughs> and like slicing through them, and they're just exploding. It's so cool. It's it's such a great bit of animation, especially for the type of budget I think the show had. I mean, this 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 is definitely a show that was made a little cheaper than some of the other Batman properties. It's so weird to me that this is like a Nolan verse, like tied in Batman too. <laughs> well, uh, the tornado looks it up, and uh, that footage was actually from a uh, 1954 movie, Holiday for Neptunians. Again, I also did a thorough search on the internet trying to see if such a movie <laughs> exists. And time well spent. There it is. <laughs> That's what I do with my Christmas time. It's like obscure movies named in Brave and the Bold. Sometimes I get like new skills or meet someone, Matt. I mean, those are things I do personally during (laughs) Christmas holidays. (laughs) They find out the toys were made on Earth and uh, there's a a sign on them. Because Batman says all uh, all villains and sociopaths have to sign their work they're nurse classic narcissists well he says like all artists sign their work and that they're like classic narcissists like (laughs) an artist really wants their work to be known so they have an extravagant signature or way of signing their art and uh, yeah it's a great batman little lot i like and a fun house shows up this is a great bit when uh (laughs) red tornado uh lists all his crimes you know you know, the, the typical, you know, assault, destruction of property, grand theft, but also uh, jaywalking and parole violation. Or yeah, and then is Batman up. is like, now it's not the time. <laughs> <laughs> They've never, I haven't read too many comics that really delves into hell. I would love to know how the parole for supervillains actually works, like keeping tabs on these supervillains when they parole them early. <laughs> When I think about some of the stuff they do on the boys, and I just I don't even want to think about some of those people getting parole. <laughs> like they put people in danger and like hurt them to a degree that changes their lives. Like supervillains would be dealing with some super lawsuits if there really were like competent enough vigilantes out there doing this. Funhouse drops a baby doll into Batman's arms, which uh has a it's ticking on a time bomb where it, it even says that her Christmas wish is to blow everything to smithereens. <laughs> and uh, Red Tornado says, imperative funhouse must not ruin Christmas. Yeah, that stuff was good. I liked that all a lot. Chris, um, they throw up the bomb, they blow it up so nobody gets hurt. Red Tornado says how... Uh, He's uh, lacking Christmas spirit, and uh, he wishes to experience it, which Batman tells him Christmas spirit is overrated. Red Tornado says, well, maybe we both lack it. This will help. And he gives Batman a present. And this is a great bit, because the the present is a coffee mug that says, world's greatest detective. Yeah. So this gets a a flashback to Bruce Wayne as a kid. It's Christmas morning with Thomas and Martha. Batman makes all these deductions on the present of, you know, the dimensions and how it sounds. He thinks he knows what's in it. And uh, they even call him their little detective. We go back to the present where the Red Tornado says he's not detecting any Christmas spirit within Batman. 
Batman says he uh, he thanks them, but he feels bad. He didn't get anything for the red tornado. He says, uh, no apology. It's all about the, the giving and not the receiving. I did like that a lot. That was a, that was a bit of holiday-related sentimentality I really felt good about. Like, I, I think that's a, that's a great little logic to put out to families and people who may be watching this. You know, you, you don't have to worry about necessarily receiving so much. That doesn't necessarily... That doesn't necessarily make you rich, you know, in love and warmth, you know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's about going out and being willing to give and trying to do a little better, I guess. I, I'm i not a very sentimental person. I probably, <laughs> uh, I'm probably bungling this all up, you know. But I, I thought I thought the line was good and it wasn't, like, cheesy. It was, it, you know, it was sincere in the right way. No, I agree. You, you said it elo- eloquently. <laughs> if I said that word correctly. <laughs> but Tornado's concerned because he's still not getting that tingling feeling of Christmas spirit. Batman tells him he uh, should probably go see a mechanic if he's getting that tingling <laughs> feeling. And he does ask Batman why he dislikes crime. And Batman says, not Christmas he doesn't like. He doesn't like crime. Yeah. Uh, then we switch to the next scene where there's a pretty much a... Uh, is an army of secret Santa robots attacking uh, them, wreaking havoc in the city. Those uh, kids from earlier on, they uh, they show up and get in a sled with uh, one of the evil robot Santas. Considering that this was a younger laning series, I was surprised they actually let them go ahead with putting like children in danger from Santa Claus looking <laughs> figures. <laughs> it ruled. I like how he says Santa is not supposed to act in this manner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they have to spell it out. <laughs> Just in case there's a kid out there who might get freaked out by this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At one point, Batman, this is in a badass moment, has to actually ride a reindeer to save them from a runaway sled. That was that was awesome. That all worked so well. Oh man. Now this was the only part that I I got confused. This is where I thought to think this isn't Gotham because the the sled goes to the wilderness and they drive off a cliff <laughs> are there really a whole bunch of cliffs and mountains around gotham city sure it's a cliffy type of <laughs> scenario <laughs> to be limited you know people just drive their cars off of cliffs all the time they don't even realize it they're just trying to get downtown and they drive off a cliff. <laughs> red tornado does ever end up saving them and they even uh, one of the kids says it's a christmas miracle they go back to town there's a kid upset, but uh, we found out it's not that he's upset about what happened. He's upset because he wants to get the Presto Play Pal, which is basically, I guess, you know, the Tickle Me Elmo of, uh, of this year, I guess. The, the hot toy everybody's trying to get. Is it just me or did the Presto Play Pal look a lot like Turbo Man from Jingle All the Way? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, <laughs> I think that was very intentional. Um <laughs> This show is so adult in so many of its references. It's amazing to me that Cartoon Network let them get away with making it so adult-oriented. Because, like, its sense of humor is so ironic in a way that I think adults would pick up in a way that just kids, like, don't have 
They don't have, like, the uh, sense of, like, media nostalgia that an adult audience would, especially in, like, 2008. This was kind of a return to the campier roots of Batman, and they've been shying away from that for a while up to this point. So for them to, like, have this very knowing wit about what they're doing while having, like, good action as well and really keeping it together in that manner... Yeah, it was an achievement of a show. <laughs> um, but it was aimed at younger kids, and it just, like, surprises me they were able to get away with... Like, they had Jeff Ross on here for one or two episodes, <laughs> yep. and that was, like... That was so weird. And, like, that was around the time those, uh, like, big headlines about him came out. But that was proven in court to be fake. So, oh, okay. like, all the allegations against him were proven in court to be fake. Well, that's a refreshing change when bad, nasty things about a celebrity are actually not true. I don't want to get into like, <laughs> like celebrity gossip or whatever, but that's one of the only times where it was like, yeah, okay, there's all kinds of testimonies saying that he didn't do anything wrong at all. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'll give you that, Jeff Ross. You're a solid guy, apparently, in the public eye. Bruce is another flashback when he opens that gift. It's. It's a nutcracker that apparently has been passed down over the, the generations of the Wayne family. But Bruce is very upset because he asked for a swashbuckling f- action figure. And he actually breaks the nutcracker. At this point, my wife said, what a little dick this guy. <laughs> <laughs> can I say, I love how like sharp that is because I think that's the only way you can make it dramatic after being so like corny for a little you know for a little bit like i think it really helps make yeah i think those emotions being broader than they would be on another type of property may help sell those moments and it makes our interweaving stories feel more connected so they get a a message from funhouse that says it's the night before christmas and i've hidden a bomb and if you don't find it all won't be calm. So they've got to find a bomb in what I think might be Gotham City, but I'm not positive. <laughs> they, they end up discovering it's a wild goose chase that he's just trying to distract him. Then old Batman notices on the poster that's on the wall near them advertising the Presto Play Pal that the maker of it has the same insignia <laughs> as <laughs> Funhouse. And... To me, that's, like, really, really funny that, like, they had no idea that, like, the, like Funhouse was making the biggest toy, like, the most in-demand toy uh, on Christmas, and they've been, like, du- duking it out with him and, and, like, running around town looking for a bomb when the real threat is the pr- press show play pals. World's greatest detective, and it took him that long to put that together. <laughs> so we get the final flashback after that. They're uh, coming out of the movies, and it is the Mark of Zorro. They uh, they kept that consistent. I was pretty happy about that. Yep, yep. And uh, like he he sees a movie theater, which is what prompts the flashback. Good writing on that. And uh, Thomas Wayne says how uh, you know he didn't like the Nutcracker, but uh, was hoping the movie would be the next best thing. And Bruce is still kind of mad. And then we get the retelling of Batman's origin. 
I gotta say, this is really uh, well done, and for once, a uh, a retelling of Batman's origin that did not seem completely unnecessary. We've had so many years of Batman's origin being told and retold. I think a lot of the reason the Snyder films don't hit for a certain demographic is that they're so tied into the Batman origin story, and I and I've got a lot. I, I used to have some opinions on them. I haven't, like, watched them in a while, so maybe I'll change my mind the next time I go through them. But I can't say I've been a fan of them. Like, on the whole, they, they haven't really done it for me. I think the four-hour Justice League, though, is a good enough spectacle to go into. Like, it is, like, what <laughs> that Justice League movie should have been. This is, to me, a testament to how great this show really is. They take the, the campiness, they take the seriousness, they take the superhero, they mix it all seamlessly where none of it seems forced, corny, or out of place. Like, this really works in the context of this episode. And all of that's in black and white. So when you see the shots go off, all you see is just the two lights from the gun. And then you just hear Bruce yelling. And it's so much more effective than having like close-ups or things of that nature. And you don't have to show a gun, which is a big no-no on cartoons. You know what I'm saying? Thankfully, we don't get the pearls dropping in slow motion again. (laughs) We already have the pearls in a moment when we see the toys like coming to life. And uh, Bruce says that uh, sometimes what you wish for the most is the one thing you can never have. So I like, since Batman is usually so emotionless and such a jerk, it's if you're going to make Batman show emotion, you got you better make it count. And this one did not fail to do so, I feel. So um, we get a montage of uh, all the Presto Play Pals on Christmas morning are coming to life, <laughs> stealing pearls, stealing money, <laughs> doing all sorts of shenanigans. Yeah, and I love that they did the pearl thing so much because I was it was it felt like a perfect tie-in to the Waynes getting killed. There's a great exchange where the uh, Batman tells Funhouse that he's going to be doing a hard time by New Year's. And uh, Funhouse says, not if you're in the grave by lunch, I won't. Now, this gets the most ridiculous scene in the whole episode where all the, the Presto play piles come together and form one giant <laughs> Presto play pile. It almost felt like something out of like a super robot show, uh, like a Power Rangers type <laughs> thing, Super Sentai, like. <laughs> I just uh, I, I like I kind of like moments like that in cartoons like these. Like it really betrays a certain amount of influence anime has had on several generations of American animation. I'm not sure the logistics of how these little robots would all come together and form one giant robot. <laughs> I don't know that either, but you know it looked good in the cartoon, and we're already having a wink and a nod throughout most of this episode, anyways, right? I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. They get to a big fight where the red tornado is—he's uh, full power, doing his little whirlwind tornadoes, shooting at him, and uh. He tells him to look out. He's gonna he's gonna let out too much power. Such a weird power, like to even <laughs> think about. It. Like he just stands there and his arms just like propel toward his. <laughs> the theory I think is that if you 
could spin your arm in a circle that fast you would create enough enough wind <laughs> to make a mini tornado. But what kills me is like, does his arm get bigger when he makes like <laughs> longer tornadoes that can suck things up? And he's a weird little robot man. <laughs> That's for sure. He's uh, really lighting up. He's getting overpowered. He even says that he feels, he finally feels that tingling sensation. Yeah, and that's right before he blows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does defeat Funhouse's robot, but he blows up in the process. Yeah, that all the animation on that ruled. Whoever worked on that did an awesome job. Have yourself a drink tonight on me. So they, they've captured Funhouse. They're uh, putting uh, the pieces of Robot Man into a Star Labs van where he's... His head's attached to his body so he can still communicate. Where uh, they, he says they're gonna gonna build them, and in a great moment, the red tornado says, "It's it was an amazing feeling, Batman." He says, "Merry Christmas." Kind of pulling at the old heartstrings. Yeah, but you know, it felt earned in the way I think other Christmas stories don't necessarily achieve. I really felt like by the end of this, we, we had earned our sentimentality along with our camp. You know, um, I think that's part of what's, what's made this show like continue to grow in popularity as the last few years have gone on because more people talk about it on podcasts and things. What a cartoon have done an episode or two on it. That's one of the best cartoon podcasts out there. If any, they probably don't even need my plugging. They have a giant <laughs> audience, but I still love them to death. And uh, yeah, <laughs> they make great shit. Well, I think also it's because you know the last season was 2011, which is about 11 years ago. So if you were like 10 or 11 watching this, you're now like 21, 22. So all these adults are going on social media and probably saying, "Oh man, I loved that show when I was a kid," and uh, it still holds up. That's another thing, too. I was like 18, 19 when this show was going on. And let me tell you something. It wasn't winning me over when I first looked at it. I wanted, I wanted that Bruce Tim Batman the Animated Series back bad. You couldn't tempt me. I, just, I was just like, what is this? What, why, why can't I just have more Bruce Tim Batman? And, and now I'm still waiting on that. There's a whole season of it just sitting around Warner Brothers, and they're trying to find a place to put it now. And I, I'm so frustrated. My life has become so frustrating. <laughs> Last I heard, Batman, not the sidetrack, Batman Cape Crusader, uh, they, I I thought Netflix was showing an interest in it. it. was the last that I read. That could just be that could be fake news for all I know. I literally like it's 2022, and the idea that anyone's fighting, like anyone's having a hard time putting a new Batman show on a network, is just unfathomably strange to me. You know, like we just have the biggest Batman movie, like. Maybe ever, I don't know. It's probably at least comparable to the biggest Batman movie releases that have ever happened. And I don't, why, why won't somebody just give like the three million dollars to whoever and just be like, put it on there, just get on. Like, people want to see this and people would watch it. God, I find it confusing because Batman is literally the only DC character that comics consistently still sell every month. So you would think it would be a slam dunk. 
Yeah, like, it, it's crazy to me that no <laughs> one's doing this. Like, ah. We get a great final scene. There's a present in the Batmobile. And Batman opens it. And it's his nutcracker back together again. And he says to himself, Merry Christmas, Alfred. Alfred isn't really part of this show, which is another departure from the uh, from the other like uh, <laughs> um, uh, like Batman animated series because I think Alfred is pretty well featured in most of them, and here he's just kind of an outlying character that maybe comes into Bruce's life tangentially. <laughs> you know, we never really. I can't remember any time in Brave and the Bold when he comes in. Can you? Like, I, I uh, he he must have here or there, but I, I can't. It couldn't have been that big of a deal because I can't think of it. See, I think it's always stuff like this where he never actually speaks. I don't think they have an actual Alfred voice, but I think he'll pop up in stories like this. Like maybe he'll be giving Bruce a gift like this or something or leaving a note for Bruce. Like he's probably there in the finale of the show when they do all the giant callbacks to everything that was featured in the show. Which is just an incredible highlight. Like, that last episode is one of the best final episodes of any TV series ever. And anybody who watches this show, I highly recommend they go through each episode and get to the finale. Because the payoff of the finale is so good. I agree 100%. Me and my stepson watched the entire series in chronological order. And the finale is stupendous. Me and my dad were obsessed with the same thing. Like, <laughs> we watched like three or four episodes, and we, we, we kind of started talking to each other. It's like, yeah, this is this is pretty good. We should get some more. We finished it up in like a month. Like, and that's not normal for us. <laughs> like, I can't always take the time to watch TV shows. You know, some of the longer ones, I just have to like drop. Um, we went through all of Andor, and that one was so good. I I don't know why I'm bringing up Andor. I don't know where it, <laughs> it was good. <laughs> and uh, the final shot is the bat alarm goes off, and Batman says, "Crime doesn't take a holiday, and neither do I." That rolled. <laughs> that was a great way to cap off the episode. And there you have it, Brave and the Bold: Invasion of the Secret Santas. Well, before we get to a ranking of how the cartoon is itself. As far as Christmas goes, uh, I don't think you could have had a better, a better Christmas episode from and a better the, uh, without being really cheesy of really uh, getting across some really good Christmas spirit. Yeah, I, I genuinely think this is a like solid Christmas episode by any metric, you know, especially for the show that this is. It, uh, yeah, you're totally right. They do such a good job of reiterating the Batman origin and working into the story, but not not showcasing it in a way we've seen multiple times. Like, doing it in our own subtle way that like, doesn't feel forced and you can imagine is part of the Batman mythos. Yeah, they earn their stripes on that real hard. On that note, we're going to go to our ranking system. We're going to call it our Christmas meter.
Anybody new to the show, we rank what we see. Zero being absolute garbage. Four being just doesn't get any better than this. Robbie, you're our guess. How are you going to rank Brave and the Bold, Invasion of the Secret Santas? Well, I'll give it a four. I mean, it really doesn't have any flaws in the storytelling. It, it's really well-rounded on a character level, especially for a, a, a cartoon aimed at younger kids. And I just, I really don't have any complaints about it. Um, the only minor complaint I might make is that, like, they lean on 3D models in a way that can be slightly distracting when you're dealing with 2D characters interacting it. But that still is perfectly competent. Like, that's just, that's my own little frustration I have because I, I don't like watching 3D models interact with the standard 2D characters. Like, something about that just drives me nuts. But I get why they do it. And, and it's perfectly competent, and it looks okay, and it's it's such a minor quibble, I can't take away any points at all for that. I'm going to be in complete agree with me. I'm going four. This is, to me, is it's a perfect just Christmas episode of it, on its own. It's a great episode of Batman Brave and the Bold. It's a perfect mix of, of superhero goofiness and actual seriousness. It really just doesn't get any better than Batman Brave and the Bold. I'm in agreement. We're going four. You should definitely, if you're listening, if you haven't seen this already, you should go out and watch it. Yeah, um, I also want to give it like a four too because it has a Blue Beetle-like beginning. And Blue Beetle is one of the best comic book characters. <laughs> and he has a rich history. Uh, it's all, yeah, all that Charleston stuff is good too. Yeah. I love uh, the child. Yeah, I, love the, com- yeah, yeah. I love I love Blue Beetle. I love the question. Uh, Captain Adam's a little, a little generic, but I still like. <laughs> I even kind of like Judo Master and Johnny Thunderbolt. But no, not uh, Peter. Not Johnny. Peter Cannon, aka <laughs> <laughs> Peter Cannon, aka Thunderbolt. Okay, um, I'm such a big fan of the question. This whole Justice League arc is so good. All the original, like, question comic books are so cool. That's one character I wish I just had, like, a full animated series for. And I especially would like him interacting with the rest of the Justice League, like, while he's doing these, like, weird undercover conspiracy things. Um, One of my favorite question jokes is when they show him, like, rifling through a file. Uh, He's, like, in some kind of storage facility, actually, but he opens up a, like, big cabinet, and he, like, looks down, and he's like, finally... 32, like 32 flavors or something. And it's just like a Baskin-Robbins joke. Like he's been <laughs> like tracking down their 30-second flavor like they've been lying. <laughs> so great to me. Well, what did you all think out there? Did you, uh, did you like – well, you couldn't have liked this episode better than me and Robbie, but uh, if you liked it less, that's okay. We're just two guys giving our opinion. There's a uh, – Nothing wrong if you don't like it. If you didn't like it, I would like to hear from you. Go to my social media or Robbie's and uh, tell us what you didn't like about it because I'd really be (laughs) hard-pressed to find anything that anyone could have a problem with about this episode. Yeah, you can find me at Conversations with Robbie Sherman on Twitter. 
I, uh, I host that through Anchor. I'm also on Discord, and you should be able to find that Discord on there. Though, of course, with these new Twitter rules, you may not even be able to find my account at all, since I have so many links that go to other things. Uh, I'm not happy with Twitter nowadays. <laughs> but uh, You can find me at Twitter, uh, at Matt Spectro, and uh, if you could follow me while you're there, great. Or you can go to my Facebook page, Matt Spectro in the Multiverse, give me a follow while you're there. You can even find me on Hive. I know it's not a very active site, but I also use that. I'm at Matt Spectro there with all lowercase letters. I'm on Hive, too. If you want to like bump up my numbers so I have more of a reason not to be on Twitter, I welcome you. <laughs> Well, uh, I want to thank you uh, for joining us today, Robbie. Thank you so much. I felt very welcome. I appreciate you. I do a free plug time, but you did kind of plug. So is there anything else while we're here? The floor is yours if there's anything else you want to plug. Well, I would like to mention the specific episode I just put out with Zara from the Catwoman Core Potion page. And we went over Catwoman Hunted, the excellent uh, film that got released this year that's uh, based around Catwoman stealing the cat's eye gym. Uh, it's an excellent film. Uh, I got an episode, I got my first episode, The Twisted Tales of Felix the Cat, coming up with Lisa from Sass and Sips. We've got a whole bunch of other guests coming up. Liam Shanley, my buddy Liam Shanley from the band Ben Chicken, our Chicago band. That's been a, they're pretty new. They've been around for about a year or so. And they just put out their new record over the last month, month and a half, and it's it's a killer record. I, I can't wait to share every, I can't wait to share with everyone. We discussed this a little, but I, I hope you'll come back and do another episode. I, if you'll have me and I haven't been a <laughs> asshole in your own words. <laughs> no, not, not at all. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us and I want to wish Robbie and everybody listening a Merry, Merry Christmas. And uh, we have one episode left, the New Year's finale episode. And until uh, next week, thanks for joining us. Have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. Whatever it is that you do, go out, be safe, give some presents, give your loved ones a hug, have some cocoa, candy canes, have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you again for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. And to all a good night.